ministry that the church has? What's the most powerful thing we've been given to do? Prayer. Yep, it's not preaching. As much as people like preaching, it's not all the other stuff. The most powerful thing that we can do is praying. I wonder what your prayer life is like. You know, prayer is so amazing because you don't have to do it in front with a microphone. You can do it at home. In fact, Jesus' teaching on prayer is very often go into your inner closet where only your Father sees you and speak to your Father in heaven. We can all do that. I mean, what is even more amazing, we live in an age today where if you walk down the road praying, people think you're just on a phone call. If you're in the car and you're praying away, people think, ah, it must be on Bluetooth, on a phone call. We can pray at any moment, at any time. Let me read you a couple of things that have become quite powerful to me over the last couple of weeks. Things I've known, but God has kind of just re-emphasized them to me. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. I'm reading, this is from the New Living Translation this morning. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So you get the question. They're saying to Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Now we know the prayer, our Father in heaven. Now I'm not going to go through it because some will be King James, some will be NIV, some will be something else. But they learned a prayer and this is what Jesus said. This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not, uh, sorry, do not let us yield to temptation. Now we think that's where it finishes. It goes on and it says this. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. I don't know who's got three loaves in their house. We've got maybe two. Three's a bit of a push. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out to you from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you want because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, uh, and everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. For your fathers, for sorry, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. 
So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So it's not about learning a pat prayer off by heart. It's about persistence. Have you thought about that? It's about persistence. If you really want to know what persistence is like, you need to have children. Because when they want something, man alive, change the record. It is about shameless persistence. Dad, 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 dad. And then, then you go, oh, good, you go on then. And it's not because you wanted to, it was the shameless persistence. Don't you find it strange that Jesus, when he teaches them to, to pray a prayer that most churches know off by heart, he then goes on and he says, listen, the way this works is you have to be shamelessly persistent. You've got to ask again and again and again and again, there is a cumulative effect of praying. Now, in the same book of Luke, but we move on kind of seven chapters, Jesus gives a parable. And it's a parable on praying. And he says this, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So this is now the second story about prayer. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? We've got two stories that Jesus taught on prayer that are telling us the same thing. It had nothing to do with the relationship. It had everything to do with the persistence in praying. We need to be persistent in praying. He says, learn the lesson. Crying out day and night. You know, what we did, sorry to keep mentioning it, but we did this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And as it continued, we met every night for an hour. And as it continued, there was just a growing sense of God. There was a growing sense of excitement. And it was cumulative. That each night it seemed to get more 
and more and more. And people were sharing testimony. God's done this and God's done that. And God started working in so many areas because for 21 days, we were shamelessly persistent in our praying. And so I want to ask you again, what's your prayer life like? Are you shamelessly persistent about the things that you think are really important to pray for? You know, we can be persistent in many things. Before people could record stuff, they would make sure they were in so that when their TV soap was on, they were ready. They watched it again and again. I don't know how many years Coronation Street's been going, but people are shamelessly persistent in watching it. My dad was persistent with the news. Man alive, even as a kid, you know, it was either 9 o'clock or 6 o'clock, turn the TV over, news. Every day, bang, bang, bang. But you know, sometimes when we say something really important that we're praying about, we pray two or three times and that's it. Kind of, Lord, we need you to do such and such. And we pray again, Lord, would you do this thing? And, and that's it. We move on. That is not what these two stories that Jesus gave us are telling us. They're saying you've got to keep on going and you've got to keep on going and you've got to keep on going. And there are testimonies of men and women whose children walked far away from Jesus and they kept praying, they kept praying, and they died praying for their children, but their children came to Christ at some point after that. Every revival has started with a shamelessly persistent prayer to keep going and to keep going, and to keep going. And, and I ask myself the question, why, why on earth does God want us to be persistent in prayer? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, for me, I don't like it sometimes when my kids are so persistent because it's annoying. Can you imagine God with seven billion people all being shamelessly persistent? Man alive, he's got patience. But why does God want us to be so persistent in praying? I think it comes down to one thing. I think we're only persistent when we really mean it. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of prayers that are prayed and they're not really meant prayers, they're just said prayers. When, when we talk to God, we need to pray out of our hearts to God and when you look through scriptures about people, I mean, it speaks that day and night crying out to God. And you read the stories in the New and Old Testament. It was important to them. Persistence shows how important something is. I mean, it doesn't happen so much these days, but you remember when the, when the new iPhones used to be released? And people would be queuing up three days before in front of the shop. Not going to miss this. Or when the uh, Black Friday sales were on and people used to queue up outside the shops and they'd go and buy loads of stuff, not even stuff that fitted all they wanted. It was just, yeah. I want to ask you this morning, how serious are you 
about the things that you pray about? Do you actually believe that God is going to answer them, that God has any interest in them? Because if you don't believe it, well, why should God? It's about being persistent with God. I love this in Acts. We see some demonstrations of this. So in the book of Acts, we've got James. James is taken um, and he's killed. He's put to the sword. And they then seize Peter and put him in the prison because they're going to look to kill him as well. And so he's in prison. It says this in Acts 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. There we've got it. They were persistent. Why? They were earnest. They meant it. And we read the story. What happens is an angel comes, kicks Paul in the, uh, Peter in the side and says, hey, dude, get up. And he gets up and all of his shackles fall off and the prison door opens and the uh, city gate opens and he goes through and the angel leaves and he goes, wow, and this is in the middle of the night. And so he goes to where the church is meeting and in the middle of the night, they are praying. I wonder why. Because they're earnest. They were being persistent here. They're saying, we do not want what happened to James happening to Peter, Lord. Don't do it. Let him out. The laugh of the whole thing is that they didn't believe it either. They prayed it and prayed it and prayed it. And when Peter was knocking on the door, uh, they left him standing there because they thought it must be his angel. I just think it's absolutely amazing. You know, prayer is the currency, it's the lifeblood, it's the vitality, not just of our church life, but of our Christian life. You have the opportunity every day to speak things out into the universe that God will get behind. You can pray things over yourself, over your children. You can pray things over your community. You can bind the devil. You can pray for people to be healed, to be set free. Loads of things that you can pray. And as we pray those things persistently, it unleashes the power of God into the experience of those around us and of ourselves. What an amazing thing. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. Is there anybody anxious about anything? Nobody's going to raise their hand now. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When you're anxious, number one thing is you bring it to God. And if you're still anxious, you bring it to God again. If you're even anxious again, you bring it again and 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 you bring it again. And then at some point, something happens in your heart that God has worked and answered it and the anxiousness goes and you think, I don't need to pray now. You know, we kind of think it's a one-off thing. Let, let me just go aside a little to something called forgiveness. We're told in the Bible that when somebody does something wrong to you, you're to forgive them. And the, and the idea I always thought, if somebody does something wrong to me, I say, I forgive you and job done. 
But you know what? When I say I forgive you, quite often I still don't feel very forgiving. And I go away and I'm still angry and I'm still kind of thinking, Lord, maybe a bit of lightning wouldn't hurt. (laughs) And I have to go back again and again. I have to say, I forgive you. And then I've got to say, Lord, I'm really holding this in my heart. Forgive me. And I keep saying, I forgive you. Sometimes we have to say it a thousand times before we actually know the forgiveness has occurred because it's released from. There is something about the activity. It's not just a one-off. It's something that has to be done again. And prayer It's the same. We can pray about something and our persistence in prayer actually filters through to us whether this thing is right or wrong or whether we're up the garden path or whether we should pray something else. I love the fact that when we persistently pray, the thing we pray for at the very beginning is not the thing we're praying for as we've prayed for it for a long time. It it, it kind of changes as we go. Because the Lord is moving on it. And I want to encourage you, keep praying. Get yourself a prayer journal, write it in. I'm praying again and again and again. You know, I had this thought this morning that in the book of Revelation, one of the things that's unleashed on the earth are the prayers of the saints. I wonder whether that's going to be a massive bowl or it's just going to be with a few drops that God's going to kind of throw because we're not praying. You want it to be a fire hydrant, don't you? To come splashing down over the world. Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Wow. So, how can you pray? Well, you can pray in the Spirit When can you pray? On all occasions. Well, how? Well, with all kinds of prayers and requests. There is nothing outside the scope of prayer. Absolutely nothing. You can pray and you can pray again and again and again and again. And then it says, with this in mind, so we've got in mind that we can pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers. It says, with that in mind, it's, he says, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, we do need to be alert. I am amazed how many people are nearly dead because they've got their mobile phone and they're walking along the road and they're crossing over and there's a car coming. We are supposed to be spiritually alert. You know, there are times, like yesterday, when I'm in the train and my antenna go up because there's stuff going on that I can sense. I'm not locked into my phone. There's stuff going on. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm with a family. This could kick off, whatever. I'm alert. And we're supposed to be alert. And that's why we can pray in the Spirit. Because sometimes I don't know what to pray, so I start praying in tongues. And as soon as I do that, God is working. As soon as you start praying, God is working. You pray and God is working. And then he he says this, Pray also for me 
that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. What an amazing thing. You know, if you don't know what to pray, why don't you pray that for all of the people in this church? Pray that when we go out of this door and we meet with people, that we will fearlessly be able to make known the gospel. We are ambassadors. God wants to work in and through us. Now, here's a good one. When can you pray? Well, Psalm 142, this is what the title of the psalm says. It says, a masculine of David. I haven't got a clue what a masculine is. But it says, when he was in the cave, a prayer. Now, if you remember back to David, he fled from Saul and he was living in a cave. And he had all the 3D people with him, the discouraged, the disgruntled, the despondent. They all came and they joined him. And in that cave, he thought, you know what, I need to pray. You can pray in the hardest, worst situation in your life and God will begin to work. I don't know why, but God has chosen to work through the prayers of his people. That's how he's chosen to do it. People kind of want God to do stuff off his own back. He's not doing that. He will do it through the prayers of his people. He has given us the most powerful weapon that there is. If you really want to know what prayer is, it's kind of like having a fireman's hose that's three foot in diameter and you whack that thing on and we're flying about because of the power that's coming out. God has given us an amazing pattern. You know, the, 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 the most saddening thing in my own life and in the life of the church around is that the devil tries everything that he can do to stop you from praying. He doesn't care what else you do, but if you ain't praying, he's a happy bunny. Because he knows that our prayers can bind him up and stop him doing stuff. Prayer is the powerful thing that God has given to us. Matthew 28, uh, sorry, Matthew 21, verse 18 to 22. Early in the morning as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit Again, immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive what you have asked for in prayer. Wow. Driving along the road, pothole, be filled. Can you imagine that? Man, we'd be fixing the roads. God has given us this amazing tool. And the thing is, faith is so crucial to building prayer. 
in, in Mark 9, you've got this situation where a boy is demonized and the disciples can't cast out the demon and Jesus comes, cast it out, and they go back to him and they say to Jesus, um, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. There is something about prayer that builds faith. I find that when I persistently pray for the same thing, I become more and more confident in God's answer on that thing. It's something that grows over time. I wish it was. I prayed once and God opens a tap and then it's done. But usually I have to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And then all of a sudden I have the confidence within it. And that's why I need to spend the time praying. I need to look at my timetable, my diary, and say, you know, I've got this event coming up. I need to pray. We've got this event in Easter coming up. We need to pray. We've got a baptismal service on the 26th of March. We need to pray. We need to pray next week. These guys are coming. We want to see some healings. We've got people who've got very nasty diseases, and we need to see them healed. There is so much more that could be said about prayer. I want to finish with something really, really simple. You know, the gospel initially went to the Jews. But it came to the Gentiles through a guy called Cornelius. And it says this. An angel appeared to Cornelius and said to him, God has heard your prayer. And, you know, we had that interpretation this morning that Janice graciously gave us that actually there's been a heartfelt cry to God and he has heard our prayer. I mean, surely there is nothing to inspire us to pray more than God saying, hey, guys, I'm listening. You know, King Solomon, the greatest king, well, not really, but one of the greatest kings he prayed a long prayer about the temple in Jerusalem. He said to God, God, can you make sure that whenever anybody prays and they're in this temple that you listen? And God is listening because we are now the temple. We are part of the body of Christ. He is listening to us in praying and he is doing the stuff. And so I want to encourage you this morning, pray. Pray. Take the things and, you know, and if you want to know, when do I know that I've prayed enough? When you know it's been answered. How do I know it's been answered? You know it in here. You know in here when something is answered. And there's another simple way. You know when there is no more doubt left. When God says something, doubt disappears and faith comes in its place. That's the thing that makes Abraham the father of all faith from the Old Testament because he was 99 years old and God said to him, you're going to have a child. His wife had a good laugh and God had the laugh in the end because he says, you name your child, he laughs. And yet, it says about Abraham, Abraham believed that God had the power to do what he had promised and God took that faith and he made him righteous because of it. And so we keep on praying until faith is there and no more doubt. And that may mean we don't pray that anymore. 
You might be saying, Lord, I want to win the lottery. And you keep on praying until all of a sudden God says to you, hey, dude, don't pray that. I've given the numbers to Simon. I know. <laughs> you know, there are some things we pray, and we've got to pray out of our system. And, and we will get this thing in us that we know 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 that God has said, no, that's not the right prayer. But that's a good thing. And then we pray the next thing. And we keep praying. One of the things I love, if you consistently pray for people, God will give you insight into them. He will say, I want you to pray about this and pray about that. And when you talk to them, all of a sudden you think, oh, wow. I prayed this and they had this really important job interview or they went into a dangerous place or they were on a plane that had turbulence and the engines weren't working properly and God worked. What I love is that what we can do as the people of God in prayer is we can change the world. We might not be able to go to the Ukraine or into North Korea or China, but when we pray, the angels, the Holy Spirit, God is in that place doing stuff that no border can stop. So we need to pray. So how are we going to finish this morning? Well, I'm going to pray. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you've not made prayer difficult. We can all do it at any time. But I want to pray this morning that you would give us a persistence, a shameless persistence in our praying. I want to pray that we would know in our hearts and that we would be uh, um, moved by your spirit day by day by day to, to keep in and to keep going. Your word says uh, that we shouldn't stop uh, doing good because at the right time, God will answer that. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, I pray that we would know a shameless persistence in our praying. Wake us up early. Father, cause us as we're watching TV to think now's the time to pray. Let's turn this off. And Father, make us those who call down the kingdom of heaven on this earth through the praying that you give us. Amen.